on this episode of Why Watch That. It may not be your average adolescent viewing. (laughs) I'm just saying, it's not your average. Well, maybe it is nowadays. Well, you know what, you're right. (laughs) You're right. Well, in the first episode, there's a family and there's a funeral. They can't be at the funeral home. (laughs) So they got to meet via Zoom, but they still have the funeral director there. What is that? He's an excellent ballet dancer. He just (laughs) ballets and flutters all. Well, maybe that's not. (laughs) He's flutters around, (laughs) fluttering around the content. Now, at the orphanage, along with a teacher who will be very familiar to Downton Abbey fans, <laughs> this teacher can't do math, though. I, that was so funny to me. I was like, come on now. Come on, y'all. We yeah, know what it seven was... plus eight is. Now stop it. Why Watch That as a podcast featuring the critic and referee who go head-to-head on a quest to discover the best movies and TV shows Hollywood has to offer. Expect the unexpected from the critic. Well, nothing gets past the ref. We do all the work. So you don't have to. Welcome, Welcome to, to Why Watch, Watch That. This episode of Why Watch That is supported by Entrepreneur Meal Plan. It helps leaders and professionals feed their bodies and businesses well. You know, Critic, I got Mm. a chance to attend a wonderful event by EMP here Uh in Los Angeles. And it was so amazing because Brandy Cochran was able to gather people from all sorts of walks of life. We were able to gather together, have real talk and some real good food too. Mm -hmm. It was a hit. It's food for the soul and the body, which is so hard to find. So if you want to learn more about Entrepreneur Meal Plan, whether you're an entrepreneur or not, go to entrepreneurmealplan.com. A why watch that sneak peek? Ooh, ooh, ooh. You know, when I do that, that means we've been sneaking around. <laughs> well, it, we haven't been spreading our love everywhere. We're just going to s- stick with Netflix, but we're sneaking oh, with them. You got to earn my love. You've got to earn my attention and affection because Netflix <laughs> is coming at us um, for this episode or for this segment, coming at us with three different TV shows coming at us. Now, again, if you do not have Netflix, they are trying to get you to come on board and they are trying to keep you because you know Apple, Disney, HBO Max, everybody's coming for your wallet. Netflix mm-hmm. said, uh-uh-uh, you going to stick right here with us. And namely, with these three potential amazing so-so meh shows. Now, let's start with Grand <laughs> Army which is coming to us uh, on October 16th. This is new. This isn't returning. This is brand new on Netflix, about nine episodes total. It is created by Katie Capiel, along with other writers. And if you look at it straight on, it may not be your average adolescent viewing. (laughs) 
just saying. It's not your average. Well, maybe it is nowadays. Well, you know what? You're right. <laughs> You're right. This this one, um, you know how it says tricks is for kids? Grand Army may not be for kids. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's uh, Grand Army is a part of Brooklyn where this high school is. And essentially, it's like fame. That's what it's like. So you have kid, all kinds of kids that they follow, um, teenagers, and they have their own personalities and issues to handle. And a lot of them, uh, they have talents. So they're musicians and so on and so forth. And uh, at the opening, you see uh, a few of the students uh, and it focuses on their storyline. So one student has a very uh, close connection with one of her friends. I'll tell you that in the bathroom and I won't tell you what they're doing, but it's one way to start a show. <laughs> oh boy. They, uh, watch out for what the ref said. Okay, we are here to be you know, clear about the, the experiences of certain teenagers. So you'll see what that is. And, and, and this one character, she is willing to buck the system. She is willing to stand up for her rights, to be free in all ways. And you'll see what that means. There are also two friends and they are musicians and uh, they're hoping to, you, you know, really uh, go forward and have careers as musicians. They play in the subway and all of that. And there's something that happens between them and another character that forces them to have to go into the subway to play. Why is that? Now this character, that they disturb, I'll put it that way. Well, she has something going on at home. She has more responsibilities than it may seem, and she may be more serious than you think she is. She's very smart, she's very responsible, but will that be too much for her? That's the question. There's also another student here who is Asian. She's from China, but she was adopted by white parents. What's that like? How is she accepted by the other Chinese students at this school? Hmm? What do they think of her? And there's also um, an Indian student and he, he's, you know, he's popular. He has a sister at the school. What's that like? We all know when you're a teenager, if you're a teenager with a teenage sister and you go into the same school, that might spell trouble. So you can imagine how all of this will play out. And again, I said, it's, it's kind of like fame. Um, so if you're thinking, well, wait a minute, we have like Euphoria with Zendaya, is it like that? Well, they deal with the same kind of themes and they are willing to go there, but it doesn't have that same kind of feel. It's again, more like fame. And fame, I keep coming back to it because it reminded me so much of it. And fame was actually the first show I loved. The very <clears throat> first show I ever loved was fame. Um, and so the question is, does this live up to that? I think, Ref, if you are a teenager, and your parents are okay with you watching this, it makes sense. If you are someone who wants to understand the hardships of being a teen, a teen, then this makes sense. But once again, for me, like I'm I'm beyond my teenage years. I don't need to go back to really? this. I've I, I mean, I've seen kids, which was an indelible movie. <laughs> okay, whether you like it or not, you won't forget it. So it's kind of like, okay, I understand what's going on. Now, I will say that all of the actors here do a really good job. They're really good. And this is actually, you talked about Katie Capiello. She uh, came to the fore as uh, a playwright and she uh, essentially got together a troupe 
of kids to go across and, and tour and do plays. So this is how this show came to be. And a lot of them are in the show. I'll tell you, whatever Katie's doing, she knows what she's doing. She has trained them very well. And for them to transition from stage to the small screen is definitely a feat. In the first episode, there is a major event that happens and you'll see how they handle that. And then things move forward from there. So I would say if you want to see uh, an updated fame that is not afraid to go there, then Grand Armies is for you. Well, 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 there you have that. Next, we have social distance. Now, I'm not telling you to social distance, although you should be doing that already. This is a new show, of course, on Netflix that premieres on October 15th. It supposedly it's going to be an anthology um, with about eight parts to it. Now, I have had my share of Zoom calls and so have you. Yes. And we've seen different TV shows, either birth or even, you know, reunions and, you know, all of the stuff of how do you do this kind of show and we're in the middle of a pandemic. I don't know. But I do know that two major stars from This Is Us is in it. (laughs) Asante Black and, you know, of course the young Niles Fitch who plays the teenage uh, Sterling K. Brown character. So, huh. Indeed. Yes. Let's see what's going on here. Is this something I really want to watch? Do I want to watch people via video because they're on video uh, you know yeah yeah uh and and all kinds of people you know actors you know are in it mike coulter is in an episode um and, and so on and so forth so i am not really a big fan so far of this you know covid tv thing let's do the zoom show I look at it and I'm not interested. I just don't buy it. It's not interesting enough to me. Uh, Connecting just started, which I think, who has it, NBC or something. And that just really did not work. But what about social distance? Well, like you said, it's an anthology, but it's a literal one where each episode is different. Different cast, different characters. They're not connected. So what do you, who do you meet, right? Well, in the first episode there's a family and there's a funeral they can't be at the funeral home (laughs) so they gotta meet via Zoom but they still have the funeral director there what is that okay how does this work Um, and this is a Latinx family so you get all of the wonderful uh, characters that come from that and it was a it was an interesting way to start this Uh, I won't tell you all of the actors because it's fun to see who shows up So you'll see who shows up in this one. And watching that, I was going, okay, this is kind of working. Like it's not always as polished as I need it to be. The editing is not always as crisp as they needed it. Uh, But I was like, okay, let's go to the next one. Cause this kind of show, I was like, "Mm." you know, each episode is around 20 minutes, some a little less, some a little more, not a lot. So I was like, let's go to the next one. The next one has someone you know, playing a nurse who is with one of the uh, people she's taking care of. Now, this woman she's taking care of has a daughter who's a professor and is not there. So who's gonna stay with her? Because the nurse has a daughter at home alone. What's gonna happen there? 
Then there's also a married couple. Uh, one of they're they're both in the medical profession, but they've retired. One of them wants to go back; the other does not. What's that schism going to be like? And so on and so forth. You even see some teenage storylines. What's it like to uh, be at home and quarantined and all of that, but still be a teenager, still be online, still want to you know date maybe. Then there's also. Uh, when we get to the final episode, something that really comes to uh, something very serious that's going on. And in each episode, they show you the date. So this is March and April of this year. So you can see what it's leading up to. So that's what's going on. And there's a whole host of other storylines of, as the ref said, there are eight of them and giving us different looks. So I would say it's kind of like the first episode where it wasn't as polished as I wanted it to be, but it was polished enough and varied enough to, for me to watch all eight. I did finish this actually. Now, uh, Jinji Cohan is an executive producer here and Jinji was involved in Weeds and Orange is the New Black. So what they know is, wait a minute, let's make sure that we have varied camera angles all of that kind of stuff. Also, let's make sure that the storylines require Zoom, not, okay, here's some friends meeting on Zoom. That is boring. Mm. Each storyline yeah. required Zoom. And I think that was the secret sauce. So this isn't perfect, but if you like these kinds of shows, I always go to Easy on Netflix when you have epi really episodic shows, each episode is different, but around the same theme. And this is something you're interested in. I don't think anybody will probably do it better than social distance. All right. Well, there you have it. Well, let's move on to something else. Oh, boy. The Queen's Gambit. Ooh. Mm. Gambit. I always think of the X-Men, you know. <laughs> um, but we, we know that there's much deeper meaning to this this obviously is on netflix coming out on the october 23rd and it's about seven episodes and i tell you what the critic and i got a chance to see him watching all of it and me you know much of it and i'll finish it of course so i hope he doesn't spoil which he doesn't i don't know how he's a great he's an excellent ballet dancer he just ballets and flutters all well maybe that's not <laughs> he's flutters around fluttering around the content um this is this comes to us from someone tried and true we're talking about serious serious stuff we're talking about logan oh you thought i was playing games mm -mm. we're talking about <laughs> the writer the writer of logan sorry we're talking yeah. about minority report mm. godless Mm. Okay, he did do the Wolverine though, so it's just well, <laughs> we will we have forgive to, him. We have, we'll forgive we'll, him for that. We'll forgive him for that. Yeah, um, we'll forgive him. We're, we're talking about the Interpreter, which that's an underrated movie mm -hmm. with Nicole Kidman. Get Shorty. Oh, <laughs> the the Lookout with Joseph Gordon-Levitt. If you haven't seen the Lookout, which I sh I'm sure many people have not, with Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Jeff Daniels, Matthew Good, Isla Fisher. Watch that sucker. Well, who are we talking about? We're talking about Scott Frank, mm. who who really knows he did out of sight as well. Like it's, it's just on and on and on. This is a person who knows what they're doing feature-wise, theatrically. This is a limited series, which means it's one and you know, beginning, middle, and end. Mm. 
It's based on a book. Mm. Mm. He also is directing it. <laughs> <laughs> so when he wrote it all, he directed yeah. it. And uh-huh. The Queen's Gambit is, you know, in so many words, if you can, Listen thoroughly to this review. Now, the cast is phenomenal. And I'm not going to... I'm going to let the critic, as he takes us through the plot, reveal those people. Because there's one cast member specifically who you thought, this is an actress? I thought mm. she was... I thought she did... So I didn't, I don't, I'm not going to go through the list of actors. He will reveal it as he walks through the plot. I'll throw on my two cents towards the end. And boy, oh boy, we're excited to talk to you about this. Oh my goodness. Now look y'all. This is set in the 50s and 60s, uh mainly in Kentucky. And there's the main character Beth Harmon and it starts off really bad for Beth. I'm gonna tell you that. Oh boy. There's a tragedy that occurs. She ends up an orphan. Why? Wow. Wow. <laughs> and of course she has to go to an orphanage. And this orphanage is Uh, run by people who really believe in instilling Christian values in kids. What does that mean? At this orphanage, she meets um, a girl who has some spunk. I'll put it that way. Especially the first words. (laughs) (laughs) And her name is Jolene. Jolene. Um, Okay. Now, Jolene is played by Moses Ingram, and I love her name. Yeah. I love her name. Um, So... Moses plays Jolene throughout. However, Beth is played by two actors. The young Beth is played by Isla Johnson, a Johnston, I should say. And the older one is played by Anya Taylor-Joy. Oh. Oh. So at first we see Isla coming in as young Beth with Moses Ingram. What is that relationship like? Now think about this. You're in an orphanage. You come in, you meet a kid who has a mouth. What's that? And how does this orphanage keep the kids in line? Hmm. Ooh. Now, at the orphanage, along with a teacher who will be very familiar to Downton Abbey fans, <laughs> this teacher can't do math, though. I, that was so funny to me. <laughs> I was like, come on now. Come on, y'all. We yeah, know it seven was... plus eight is. Now stop it. But anyway, and there is also a the head of the orphanage and she has her own theories. There is uh, the person who guides them essentially through singing uh, hymns. And then there is the janitor. Mm. This janitor is played by Bill Camp. If you don't know Bill Camp, you will know him now. <laughs> you don't know me by now. Come on, Bill. Come on, Bill. And Bill Camp's character, he shows young uh, Beth something very important, a game, chess. Now, Mm. the way he shows her how to play it, you have to see to believe, I'll tell you that. (laughs) This man is not someone you'd run up to and give a hug, okay? (laughs) So how does this come to be? What's their relationship like? How does chess even become a part of young Beth's life? And by the way, there's also another worker at the orphanage who just likes to, you know, share Shakespeare with the kids and all this stuff. I mean, this stuff is like, Scott Frank, you really went into the writer's lab for this one, bro. Love it. Now, at the time, uh, when uh, Beth is an orphan, she's eight and nine. That's her age. 
that's a little old to get adopted. And this is what Jolene tells her. She's like, look, we a bit too old. Hmm. But you know, something must happen. Somebody must come to get her. Who? Why? How? Ooh. There is a married couple. They come. Now, is it like Annie? I won't tell you. But please know that the mother here who comes to get her, or the wife, I should say, Alma Wheatley is played by Marielle Heller. Marielle yes. Heller. <laughs> let me tell you, and you, you'll you'll hear why the ref is excited. Marielle Heller directed A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood about Mr. Rogers, Tom Hanks. She Come directed on. that sucker. And is acting here. Yeah, well, and she directed uh, the Melissa McCartney. Um, yes. Movie yes, as well. Yes, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Just a so, brilliant and, and, mind. Yeah, yeah. Can you ever forgive me? Yes, I can. <laughs> brilliant, brilliant. So what's this like with this new couple for her? Why is she there? What's going on? What's it like for her to actually go to high school outside of the orphanage? What's that adjustment like? Also, she lives in, in her mind, okay? She's an interior person. She ain't like everybody else. Mm-mm. Now, her skills at chess develop. You'll see what this is. I mean, we can just tell you she's a prodigy. Oh, but what does that mean? Crazy. Yeah, yeah. Right? And now in the 60s, what does that mean for her to go into the chess world, which is all men? All men. Mm. She doesn't know the rules. She doesn't know these people. She doesn't know what it means to be a grandmaster. She doesn't know. She doesn't even know the names of the blocks on the chessboard. But she's a prodigy. Yeah. And she meets different men who have different relationships with her. They're all astonished by her in different ways. Is she astonished by any of them? Now, in the maybe end, because well, maybe, <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe. So in the end, the question is, how high will she reach? What's the cost of trying to reach those heights? Also, what's going to happen? Really? What happened in her past? What kind of person is she? Because she got problems. I'll tell you that. She oh. has problems. So that's what happens there. And the question is really this. There is the one man at the top of chess world that she's trying to reach. He's a Russian chess player because the Russians are very serious yeah. about their chess. Yeah. Can she reach him? And if so, can she even come close to beating him? That's another question. And will the title come into play, the Queen's Gambit? If you play chess, you'll know what that is. So I think that's enough, Ref, of the, the story. It's good. Um, what I would say to review, because I'm excited, is this. This is one of my, the best viewing experience TV or movie I've had this year so far. One of the best. I will tell you that the writing that Scott Frank did and the directing, for mm-hmm. the most part, is impeccable. He does not write things that people do not say. Thank you for respecting me as a as a, a human, because everybody, ninety <laughs> percent of communication is nonverbal. We yeah. got it. They show it. It's not a lot of extra talking. I will say there is one major lull halfway through episode six that goes to the beginning of episode seven. But by that time, I didn't care. For the most part, I was transfixed. I was transported. The way that they film it, and the ref will tell you more about that from her perspective, the the way the chess is filmed, because it's a lot of chess, 
I don't even know half of what they're doing. I didn't care. I was watching. I was I was engrossed. The way they show how Beth sees the board, it, the whole thing, the actors down the line are on. The eyes are alive. Young Beth, played by Isla Johnston, that little girl, they could have done the whole show with her. That's oh, heck yeah. Yeah, this yeah. It's her. Sure. And then when Anya comes on, you see how they could be the same person. You see it. It's the eyes. It's the mannerism. It's the plotting. It's the planning that they all did. Moses Ingram is Jolene. You'll see her. She could have taken this somewhere that she did not. Yeah. She did not. She didn't overdo it. Nobody does. Bill Camp is a treasure. Marielle Heller, again, oh. not overdoing it. All of the chess people who come into Beth's life, all of these people, one of whom, by the way, started his career as Dudley in the Harry Potter movies. And <laughs> yes. In, he was in the Ballad of Buster Scruggs. He sure was. Yes. So he's in it. Uh, someone from Game of Thrones is in it. Like, I just have to say, was it perfect? No, but it was so close. And Raf, I, I we talked about this, and I'll end here. Just watching this, because I was like, this writing, some of it, some of the lines, I laughed not because they were funny, because they were so good. Mm-hmm. As an actor myself, I was like, ooh, that's a, and they landed. There were four lines when I was like, I would have cut it. Four out of seven episodes. I don't know what else to say, my friends. If you. If you are interested, not in chess necessarily, but in what it is to be a human and to have mental competition, because there are finite resources on this planet. We're all in competition, whether we like it or not. If you are interested in that, this uses chess as the vehicle to explore that, to explore human personality, to explore what it is to compete, to explore what it is to grow up, to explore what what it is to fit or not fit, to deal with the past, to move forward, all of that. And I'll tell you, based on the story, the twists and turns will not be exactly what you expect. Mm, that is so good. I'm not going to really do anything other than just to really echo the fact that this reminded me. It's so nuanced and it there's winking happening throughout. It's it, it the the critic already said it. It's not a dialogue heavy um show. So I will give you this this for you listeners. I was trying to watch it as well as do some other things. I was doing some things because I'm traveling soon and I, and you can't do it. You're going to miss a lot of it. You have to sit down and watch it. And again, you said you didn't know much about chess. I probably know even less about chess, but, but the way they shot is they shot it in reactions. Mm. So a, a, a chess player made a move. We don't know what they did. Gives a look. And then the other chess player reacts and thinks and the camera sits there for a while so it really gave us an opportunity to dip into each of the chess players world and the camera went outside of that and we started dipping around the people who were watching and therefore we were engaged in the game even though we didn't know what was happening that (laughs) takes a lot of skill takes a lot of skill to do that um acting echoing all of that this is going to sound weird and, and it's way out there I would say the world of the Queen's Gambit. What if Tim Burton, that very strange, quirky, um, 
director, writer. What if Tim Burton decided to go legit? Mm. Let's say that. Like, just go legit. I'm gonna. I'm not gonna do any of that. You know, I just want to tell a story because t- all of Tim Burton's sh- movies are about the underdog or the one, the unseen, the one unseen, and highlights that person being seen. This is what it felt like, and it was nuanced and and it felt fantastical, um, without it being ridiculous or pandering. So I will have to echo everything that the critic said here well directed well paced scott frank as a showrunner brilliant scott frank as a writer excellent scott Mm. frank as a director oh my goodness Mm. so i would say once this comes out carve carve some time out because you're gonna want to sit and you're not gonna clean the house and do all the stuff get up and use the bathroom all that stuff maybe during the (laughs) lull I haven't gotten to the lull yet, but maybe you will. Yeah. But for the most part, you will not be disappointed with this. This is going to be a perfect late fall watch. So mm. there you have it. Mm-mm-mm. All three of these offerings are on Netflix. They're coming all in October. Listen, we may not be able to go out to the theater, but I feel like Netflix is saying, I don't want you going out to the theater. You can stay <laughs> right at home, especially when these winter months are coming at us. We've got a great start to fall. Thanks for listening. For additional resources, visit whywatchthat.com. Good idea. And we'd love to hear from you. So go ahead and leave comments, feedback, and you can rate us on iTunes. We'll see you next week. See you.